everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast with uh, me, John Phipps, and a man who apparently, when he's on TalkSport 2, is known as Matthew, but to us all, he'll always be Mr. Matt Gerrard. How are you, sir? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my, my Twitter handle is Matthew, so that's how, yeah, occasionally I go on TalkSport 2. I don't know how many listeners TalkSport 2 do get, but if you want to hear my views of the lower league, leagues one and two, I seem to be uh, their go-to man at the moment. So, yeah, so, yeah get, I get around, but this... Of course, is the original and best time you can get older, Matthew Gerard. The, the the funny thing was that obviously I knew you were going to be on the radio, and and I was on the way to meet you on Monday um, for something that we'll probably discuss later on in the show. And um, I literally just turned Talksport two on, and the very the two first words I heard Ray Stubbs say were Matthew Gerard. I was like, that's a bit unnerving. Yeah, so yeah, friend of the stars, Ray Stubbs. Ray Stubbs. Who probably was the damn walker of his day, really, isn't it? And now he's on Talk Sport too. So, um, you know, yeah, and he used to do darts and everything. So, yeah, but now he's talking to me. So, I don't know if that's a highlight or a low light of his career at the moment. It must be a highlight, surely. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, how are you? I understand as well that you've had a bit of um, a bit of more Christmas joy yesterday with with, with your youngest child. Yes, yes, Christmas nativity. So, um, she she had a solo to sing. So. Um, Brought uh, you know a little bit uh, misty-eyed, and my mum was in tears. Who came along to watch it, but it was very enjoyable seeing these kids do that thing, and she really enjoyed it. So, um, and we had some lovely texts from the other mum saying she did so well. Yeah, so that was really good. And uh, I was back to work today, so I had a couple of days off. And one of the highlights as well, uh, lady in her office, her mum makes the best samosas in the history of the world. So um, I've had about four samosas this morning, and these, you know, you can go to Tesco's and you can go to your local Indian restaurant to get your samosas, but these are just like unbelievable so um i'm pretty fed up on samosa really but uh yeah back to work but that really made it man these these samosas i cannot state how good these things are they're just the best thing i think i've ever tasted wow um is your wife a good singer because we've all heard you singing on the podcast and we know you're not yeah it seems to have filtered down to the gerard girl uh, no, i do love a bit of karaoke we've probably had this discussion before haven't we i'd love a bit of karaoke singing on there um, I've never, uh, no, my, my wife said never, not really, uh, she sings in the car with me and maybe in the shower, but you know, my dad said that maybe it was his voice that uh, my youngest picked up on, so uh, it could be come from uh, Gerard uh, Senior, so uh, from that point of view, but, no, but I do love a bit of, I'd love, I, I want to do karaoke again, I love a bit of karaoke, so, uh, what's, do, what's, you, 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 what's your go-to song? so many, I like, I like uh, Carly Rae Jepsen, I really, 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 really like you. If I'm up me, do you want me? I think that's every time I send that song to my mates. Sometimes they think it's the worst song of all time, but it's one of my. I would probably do that, Carly Rae Jepsen, and I'd probably do Never Enough from The Greatest Showman, which must be on there in a massive book you get when you do karaoke. But yeah, I, I'd love to do a bit of karaoke. So. Yeah, but I don't know how popular it is these days. Is it popular? Joe, you know, the last time I went was um, we went on my mate Stag Do. Um, so we're talking right. five years ago, but we had, um, went to this place in Edinburgh and we just had like a private room. Oh, that's what I want to do. And uh, there was, I think there were 16 of us in there um, and we all belted out a, a couple of tunes, but the, the by far the standout, and I mean this because it was the worst, was... Um, my mate and his brother, who was his best man, doing a duet of um, the Backstreet Boys, which I can't hear that song now without shuddering about it. Uh, yes, yeah, so, you know, no, I, I'd like to, I do think that I'm, my singing style is a bit like Ronan Keating, because I could do uh, Love is a Roller Coaster, that one as well. So a bit of Ronan Keating. Are you sure you're 
When you say nothing at all. That's another one I do. There you go. I, basically, I love a bit of karaoke. If anybody's got a karaoke, those little booths to hire out, I'm the man to go to. Excellent. Um, it's our 62nd episode this week. I've got nothing interesting to say about the number 62. Um, so, Matt Jarrod did request last week that we ask about what is the best Christmas present you've ever had, So, or I had as a child. So, Matt, what, what was that present? I think it must be 1984. Um, it, it was Test Match. I presume you probably got this, John. It was a yeah. cricket game. Ian Botham and David Gower on the front. It was like, like a felt, it was like Sabutio for cricket. And I absolutely loved it. You got a little lever to use the man, little ball bearings. He bowls it down the uh, uh, the bowler's arm, and I I absolutely loved that. I think my dad still got it in the loft, and they got it got it down to show my nephew, and he just sort of looks at it and laughs. But that is even both times. It's one of those, of course, you have to when you hit the ball, it'll go. There's like rings, and we get one. That's a two, one, a two, and then right in the corner, um, you can get a six. And I, I remember one I time I got three hundred. You had that, you played that game? Oh, of course, yeah, I had it as well when I was a kid. That is a that is a Honestly, forget FIFA. That is a game and a half. So uh, ten. So uh, oh, somebody's given me ten in the office. Has given me a ten for my singing there, John. Wow, I've made it. There you go. And what are, are they hard of hearing? Are they, is their hearing aid not working? Probably. Yeah, yeah. She probably is aware of my running Keith impression before, so uh, it brings a wry smile to her face, probably in some way. Yeah, but that Ian Bates Ian Bates in the test match. Apparently, as well, you can get a newer version, but you probably it's not a ball bearing or anything like that. But that I love that game. Brilliant game. I'm, you know, I had the scoreboards and everything. Playing against me, Dad. Yeah. And Sabutio, of course. I always, I used to love a bit of Sabutio. See, that's kind of ties in with my favourite ever Christmas present, which is um, the winter of 1990. So I would have been uh, nine. I would have just been nine. Um, and I had asked for Sabutio. Um, so I remember opening my presents on Christmas morning and obviously I'm an only child. So it was all about me, which is, which is always very nice. Um, and I remember looking out the corner of my eye and there were two big boxes left and I thought, well, I know the big one is Subutio. So, um, and my, but they'd obviously been laid out so that I'd open that one last. Anyway, get to the next to last present, open it up. It's Subutio. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, what's going on here? So I open up the next one and in it is my first games console, the Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. And on right. it, I, I, with the system, I had, a, I had a disc with three games on it, like one of those cartridges with three games on it. The three games were Super Mario, the original one, Tetris, and FIFA, well, and, well it wasn't FIFA, but World Cup football. And the World Cup football was magnificent because there was some way of doing it where if you press a certain, if you press the button twice, and, and the ball was in the air, you could do like a special sort of overhead kick. And um, it was almost guaranteed, in, or some of them were almost guaranteed to end in goals. So that was all you had to do to score. So games that there was like four or five side games, they would invariably end about 13, 11. Um, but I remember, the, I think it was Russia had the best shot. It sort of arrowed round. It went away from goal and then flew into the top corner. Um, some of the other ones, if, and if a player got in the way of it, they'd get injured. It, oh, it was just magnificent. You probably can get, I know you've got some of these older games. Do you remember playing kickoff and sensible soccer? You yeah, those ones. Kickoff was a game. My mate Justin was unbelievable at that. Unbelievable. That, that was hours of what I was supposed to be doing my GCSEs and a because I didn't have an Atari. We had a Commodore 16 plus 4, so you couldn't do anything on that. So, But, of course, then, then they, had, they had an Atari ST, so we used to go around there. But, you know, I know you know, on the on the kickoff, that is a game and a half on that. 
brilliant, brilliant, brilliant computer games. Like, like, uh, I'm just speaking to my to Sarah yesterday because we had to go and get a, a voucher for a game, you know, the, the, the shop game, and uh, and we're looking around and I think, well, do you think the girls will ever ask for a PlayStation? And the first time you ever said, I hope so because I want to play games as well. So I'm thinking, oh, if Sarah's keen on it, one day we could be getting a PlayStation Four or whatever the. So, what's, what's, what's PlayStation 4 what's the other one Xbox isn't Xbox it? Yeah, so One yeah what is the better one of the two if I can start bringing it into conversation not happening this Christmas but maybe Christmas is to come do you know, I've always been a PlayStation uh, owner, but I have got an Xbox at the minute, and for what I want, I find it absolutely spot on. Um, so, but no, I don't know. Yeah, but that, that's the first time she sort of said, yeah, eventually I'd like a book, so that's good. So uh, eventually um, they'll be hopefully getting one of them, and I'll be glued to FIFA or whatever it is on, on that. Well, but you've got to get on, John, because what's the time now? We've been on for about 20 minutes talking rubbish. Well, exactly. That makes a change, doesn't it? Yes. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start this week in with an interview which was actually carried out about 20 minutes before we started recording the show. Um, I spoke to uh, new Ramsgate manager Nick Davis. He was appointed on Tuesday, replacing Lloyd Blackman, who resigned, citing personal reasons, but also some stuff that's going on behind the scenes at Southwood. And um, obviously there's been a change of chairman and so on and so forth. And I think Lloyd just felt it was time for him to move on. But that's worked out quite well for Nick Davis, who um, was at Winter Wonderland, and he said he was remortgaging at the, at the time. We'll talk about that after the interview. Um, but I started by asking him how pleased he was to be the new Ramsgate manager. Yeah, it all happened a bit quickly, really. I mean, I, I, I heard the news about Lloyd um, resigning, and um, I sent a text straight away when I found out, and I then got told that Ramsgate had approached Phoenix to, to speak to me, and then literally I, I spoke to them the next day and I met up with them, and um, it all happened really quickly. They wanted it to happen quickly, um, for the fact of just sort of, um, you know, with, with the players they've got there and everything else, they just wanted a quick turnaround. Um, so, yeah, it all happened a bit quickly, really, but uh, I'm, I'm delighted to be there, yeah. It's, it's a good opportunity, isn't it? Because they're 14th in the table, and, but Ramsgate are a little bit of a sleeping giant at that level, aren't they? Well, you know, I was um, I was there when we was in the the old Ryman Prem days, um, so I've got fond memories myself of the club uh, back in 2007-2008 season. You know, we was I think we lost one game at home that year, won the league cup, made the playoffs, and uh, it was a fantastic time. And the sort of crowds we were getting there, if I remember rightly, you know, we're talking three, four hundreds, um, maybe even more. I know we had Aberystwyth in the league, the average attendances were were up with the likes of those in the league, but still, it was a, a great place to be around. You know, and I've got fond memories there. And, um, yeah, I mean, an opportunity to manage my old club, it was um, it was quite appealing. And, um, you know, I can't speak for what happened with Lloyd. You know, I, I spoke to him um, on the phone and um, he, he's left for his own reasons. But, you know, there's, uh, that's football for you, you know. Um, one door closes, another opens. So it gives me an opportunity to go back to my old club, which I'm delighted to do. It's an honour, really, for me to, to manage Ramsgate. Um, I've missed being a number one, I'm not going to lie. Um, I've enjoyed my time being a number two and, and a coach from outside, but, um, you know, not making the decisions is, does appeal to me, you know, being the main man, so hopefully I can make that count, and, um, you know, it's still a long way this season to go. And, and you look at the squad, there's, there's some good players there at Ramsgate, do you need to go in and make a lot of changes? Um, I, I don't think there's a, a, you know, a considerable amount of change to, to happen, I think that would be naturally one or two players might move on, it's just the, the nature of it. Um, I'll just have to assess it, really. John, I'm, we've got a game on Saturday against Ashford, which is tough, but then we don't have a game the following Saturday, so it does give me a little bit of time to assess it, to have a look where we're at. As Again, I've only been in the job 24 hours, so it's very difficult to, um, 
you know, to gauge them obviously I'm on the phone constantly in the, uh, in the last 24 hours. But I, I'm, I'll, I'll be at training tomorrow night. I'll sit down with all the players and have a chat to put a little bit of um, put some of their minds at rest. They're a young squad, but they've got a lot of talent in that changing room. Uh, I've always, you know, even speaking to Lloyd, he said it beforehand, they're only a couple of players away from being a really good side. So if it, hopefully it's only a bit of tinkering um, and tweaking. Which well, might, you know, but again, you know, I'll just have to assess it myself. Yeah, I used to cover Ramsgate, so I've got a bit of a soft spot for them. And the one thing they have got is they've got a lot of younger players with a lot of experience, haven't they? And that's what you can kind of tap into. Exactly right, yeah. Um, that's right. I mean, you know, it's a benefit in one sense that Ramsgate is situated where it is. Because if you do get a good bunch of local lads, which I, you know, was accustomed to, the likes of Ollie, uh, Ollie Schultz, Warren Schultz, the local lads that we had there at the time, that you know, it, it's very difficult for them to move on because of the location. And then if you get a car load from somewhere else to give you a different type of player, like before the early days in Ramsgate with the Paul Foley's, uh, the Steve Copans, um, and in, in my sort of area with Jay Mays, Ryan Roy, you know, um, Jamie Turner's, Stefan Balls, uh, with, with the core of the homegrown players, you know, hopefully that you know that brings success. If we can get completely local players in there, then fantastic. But and that's you know my, my aim is to keep the local base. Of course, you know, of course, that, that's you know any club at this level is important. Um, but hopefully, I haven't got to do so much tinkering, John. Yeah, and, and obviously stability is key because there's been a lot of changes off the field at Ramsgate this season. So, but Paul Bowden Brown, who's, who's just come in, obviously he he said in the statement when you were appointed that he knows you, he remembers you from Maidstone. So, good to be working with him. Yeah, I, I, I didn't have much to do with Paul. Obviously, he was our chairman at Maidstone. Um, obviously, he's not had the, the greatest of press recently, but, I, you know, that's not really for me to discuss. I, I've not really been involved in that. Uh, then Tim has made people have their views and opinions. I'm literally just concentrating on what's going on at, on the pitch, you know, and uh, their ambition and vision they want uh, was quite refreshing, you know, to hear what they want to happen at the club. And, um, you know, the resources and that uh, I heard that was available to me, it was appealing. Um, so... I think there's a decent platform there. I wouldn't be going there if there was an ambition. Because, and you've already got you know, um, at home on Saturday. They've got a new manager as well, so it's going to be an interesting one, that one. Yeah, I know Tommy well. Yeah, I played with Tommy when he was coming towards the end of his career. I was at BCD. We've always been in contact. He signed me on a contract at Tunbridge Angels years ago. Um, we've always kept in touch. We've always got on well. We've helped each other out. And it's just ironic, actually, that I'm playing against him, you know? So it is what it is. Um, we just got set up. We uh, Phoenix. We played them two weeks ago, and they're one of the best sides I've seen in this league. So it's going to be really tough. Uh, but you know, we're we're at home. Any, anything can happen in this league. And the, uh, the Rams gate turn up, they win the football match. You know, but um, again, anything can happen. It's nice to see Nick Davis back, being a number one, as he said there, mate. He's, he's missed not making the big decisions, and a good opportunity for him at Ramsgate. Yeah, last you know, last season, sitting warm up to about October, November time, he, he was doing a very good job. You know, highly rated play, knows the level of football. Um, I'm pleased he's gone. I'm disappointed for Lloyd Blackman. I think he did a really good job at Ramsgate there. Maybe uh, I think Ramsgate were going to uh, advertise a position, weren't they? And I didn't know he'd been appointed to yesterday, so they, they they acted pretty swiftly. But somebody who knows the club, um, as he mentioned in there, he, he was what part of the, the side that you know was riding high in the Ryman Premier League and on the outskirts of chance to get into Conference South. So, yeah, decent man, decent, he knows that level, and Ramsgate, you know, see, it'd be interesting to see what he does, and I'm sure when we, we spoke to Tommy Warrell a couple of weeks ago, there'd probably be a, an in-swing of players coming from various places. But I feel sorry for Lloyd Blackburn, and he did a really good job at Ramsgate, particularly in the cup competition this year. It's always going to be difficult, but he's uh, bred a couple of good 
young players through. But I'm sure uh, Lloyd Blackman hopefully won't be out of it too long. No, I'm sure he won't. And and I, I think that, as I said to Nick there, that it, it must have been an appealing job for the, the Ramsgate because there are so many players there who, who ha- have got experience but are still quite young. You're looking at Luke Wheatley, for example, Luke Watkins, Jake McKenzie still knocking around. You know, these players, they're still only in their mid-20s, but they must have played knocking on for 200 games, if not more than that. So to have that level of experience and young players and then have a little bit of wiggle room in the budget because they have said there is money there to bring in some players, you've got to think that that is an appealing job and Ramsgate have acted very swiftly to go from one young manager to another. Yeah, I think it's probably... Should they have um, hang around and see what sort of quality applicants? I know they probably would be. We mentioned Lee Hook when he was on there. I know he's a Ramsgate resident, so I'm sure he would have been interested in at least being involved in that point of view. But yeah, um, Paul Bowden Brown uh, acted swiftly um, to see it to see where it goes from here. I know there's been a bit of friction. Maybe reading between the lines, there seemed to be a bit of friction that maybe Paul Bowden Brown wanted his own man in, and maybe uh, Lloyd Blackman. You know, read between, you know, saw that and said, oh, I, I, I to get to Ramsgate. So maybe that was, you know, thought, you know, it wasn't the job for him and he had to move on. But yeah, they're a decent one for Ramsgate. And we just didn't see how Nick Davies got in because, you know, as we said before, he's a decent manager at this level. Yeah, and obviously he's having a rough day t- today at Winter Wonderland. I mean, a lovely place to go, but not cheap, is it? No, I went a couple of years ago with the kids and it's one of these things you have to buy tokens. And I think we did. Dodgems, you know, first up, and that was about twenty quid for the for the three of us. And after that, you know, the kids were asking for more money. I said, "Oh, I've not, I haven't got any more because it it, it, it was quite expensive." Um, so yeah, not uh, overpriced. Tat is probably my best description of it. There goes our free tickets, John. Well, exactly. Um, uh, uh, when, when I went, it was free to get in. It was just expensive to do everything else. To be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I think might he might get a free tote. Yeah, we used to get. You don't even get anything, you know, it's, even a bag of burgers, like a tenner. So, yeah, and of course, yeah. It's, it's, I think they're looking for the people who visit London, who the bright lights, etc., like that, from that point of view. But I, I wouldn't rush back. No, um, and Ramsgate on Saturday start off the, the new era against Ashford United. And um, Nick Davis says that he played them a couple of weeks ago and that they're the, the best side he's seen in this league, which, given there's a team 11 points clear, that's an interesting comment to make, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, I think Gary Alexander. I thought that the squad that he brought together was a decent squad for Ashford. Um, I think he was doing a good job. Tommy Warlow comes in there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on. How the uh, Ramsgate supporters have got cool support there related to Nick Davis coming through. So uh, yeah, I would have thought Cray on paper looked like the best side in the division, but that's a, a good statement. And Ashford needs to back it up when they go to Nick Davis on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Cray are eleven points clear, as I just mentioned. Um, in the table following uh, but they did only draw on Saturday uh, but Joe Taylor was on target on his debut for, for Cray having joined from um, having joined from Margate uh, one all draw against 10 man Phoenix Sports um, elsewhere in that division it was Ashford United nil Whiteleaf nil uh, Faversham 3 Sittingbourne 1 Sittingbourne are in a, a, a bad run of form there uh, Hyde Town lost 4-2 at home to Horsham Ramsgate lost 3-1 at Three Bridges in Lloyd Blackman's final game in charge. VCD went down 2-3, 3-2 to, uh, to Guernsey. And Herm Bay had a big win, 4-0 at 10-man Whitstable. And they'll be hoping that that can kick-start their season, Matt. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I was quite surprised about that. I thought um, still having a decent uh, run under Scott Porter, but they needed that win, Herm Bay. Um, 
conceding a lot of goals, but you know, scoring at the right end. So they got that there, and I'm sure. I think we had a text on the program, uh, the radio program on Monday from a Whitstable fan who wasn't particularly impressed and said they needed about four things to solve the problems out. So, yeah, if, you, if you're going to lose four in at home, losing against your local rivals is probably not the greatest uh, idea on paper. Um, well, Tuesday night, there was one game, High Town in action again at home, and they lost again at home, 2-1 to Greenwich Borough this time. Um, disappointing week for Sam Denley's men. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'm surprised about that. There's a couple of cracking goals in that, though. If you can... Um, Catch that on uh, on high high high. We've got have a great video service, an absolute cracking free kick on that, and there's another cracking one as well. So uh, yeah, disappointing from that. I think they're looking at the playoffs now, Hyde. So um, normally good at home, but that's that's a shocking result there. But it looks a real cracking game in great weather conditions as well. Well, they were unbeaten at home, Hive, um, yeah. until this week, and now they've now they've suffered two defeats in a row. So it's going to be hard for Sa- for Sam Denning to 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 pick things up for them. Um, oh ahead of the, the, the Christmas period, which, as we'll discuss next week, isn't as busy as it might be. Um, but Hyde are away to Whiteleaf on Saturday and they will need to bounce back there, won't they? Yeah, I, I, they need to improve their away form. But uh, yeah, he'll be disappointed with that, Sam Denley. He, he, he prides himself on the home form being good. Um, and two disappointing things. Greenwich have had of issues as well. So that's a really disappointing result last night. I didn't really see that till now. So, yes, I think uh, it's playing into um, Craig's hands a little bit here, isn't it? So, again... Normally, as we said before, we'd be looking at uh, all the Christmas pictures to see where this league goes into. But as it seems to shut down over Christmas, it's uh, pretty pointless to say that. Yeah, and still unbeaten, Cray, and they go to third place Horsham on Saturday. So that'll be a, a potential Christmas cracker. Very good, very good. And Horsham lost three bridges, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, put down a marker to say, we're right, we're going to win this league. Joe Taylor, uh, we said before, he should be looking at 15, 20 goals. I would have thought that's the level before the end of the season. Yeah, elsewhere in that division on Saturday, um, Wits will have the trip to Guernsey. Um, two o'clock kick off that. Guernsey over Christmas. Do you think that'll be a nice trip or not? Uh, I, well, uh, probably not, actually. I'd imagine it'll be quite cold. Potential bit of turbulence on the flight. I think I'll pass on that one. Do, do, do they come back the next day? They can either stay over in Guernsey or stay over the night before in a hotel. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, they, they, a lot of teams will tend to stay uh, close to the airport on the Friday and then fly out Saturday and then come back Saturday. But um, they do have that option. And, and Guernsey obviously foot the bill for that as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, from that point of view, it might be a nice little Christmas break. There's bound to be a Guernsey Christmas market going somewhere. Oh, I expect so, yeah. I, I, but not as, not as um, expensive as the Winter Wonderland anyway. No, indeed. Uh, VCD Athletic go to Hastings on Saturday. It's Herne Bay against East Grinstead. Herne Bay have lost every home game in the league this season. Horsham against Craig was already mentioned. Phoenix Sports against Babisham Town. Ramsgate against Ashford was already mentioned. And Whiteleaf against Hythe. And Sittingbourne against Sevenoaks Town, which is a, a big game for Sittingbourne as well, mate, who found themselves very near the wrong end of the table all of a sudden. They're not in great form at all, Sittingbourne. Yeah, I, I, we thought they would... Uh, again, I see they're th- 18th now, of course, in terms of me going bust. Yeah, I think they had a much better start than that at the start of the season. Their form is pretty poor. The bottom three, Favisham, Sittingbourne, now and Bay in that division. So, um, yeah, the young manager, um, we know he's working on a few things. Uh, Nathan Elder, he's got down there. Dave Smith, he's on loan from Dover as well. So, um, yes, I think they need to pick up points from that point of view. And, of course, if you're an inexperienced manager, the pressure's always going to be on you. There's also one game on Tuesday night, Sittingbourne involved in that one as well. Sittingbourne against VCD Athletic. In the Bossett League Premier Division, disappointing week again for Tumbridge Angels, who've 
We've lost twice uh, at Corinthian Casuals on Tuesday night, going down 2-1, and by the same score against Worthing on Saturday. And a uh, controversial red card in that one on Saturday, Matt. We've, we've seen it, haven't we? And, and it looked a bit harsh, to say, to say the least. Very harsh. Um, it's one of those ones I didn't think... His, his arm, his other arm's in the air and it hits his arm that he's putting into his body. Not much he can avoid it. And getting a straight red because is it, it, I think there's other players around him. And I think the goalkeeper might have saved it. It's one of these referees. We got onto referees later that was pretty poor. And But Angels, yeah, they've, played, they've lost more than they've um, uh, at home and lost more than they've won at home. And there's a disappointing result against Corinthian casuals as well. So I don't know how many points you know, in the last 10 games. Let's look at their form. But I think, you know, 10 games gone, there were a few points clear, but haven't really picked up of late. So it'd be really disappointing uh, for Steve McKim. I know they haven't got a game this weekend and then bringing some extra players in for, for over the Christmas period if playing a few games, which I think they are. Yeah, it's just disappointing for Angels. Normally they start badly and come good at the end of the season, but this season they started well and they're tailing off a little bit. So uh, maybe injection in the squad can help them out. But I would say with the other sides, have at least two games around them in hand as well. Title may have gone. I've just got to maybe cement that playoff position. Yeah, it's a very congested uh-huh. top of the table there. I've got it in front of me. Dorking Wanderers got 36 from 19. You've got Haringey and Lewis have both got 33 from 18. Angels got 32 from 20. Enfield 31 from 20. As have Kingstonian and Bishop Stortford. And slapping in the middle of those are Worthing with 31 points from just 15 league games. And then even, I mean, even if you go further down the table, um, 11th place Potter's Bar only four points behind Angels. And then even further down, 14th place, Leatherhead are only three points further back than that. So it's a wide open division, this one, isn't it? Yeah, I look at Margate there in 13th position. They had a, you know, conceded a late goal at the weekend as well. They really need to sort their phone format at Hartsdown Park. But you, you look at that, if Margate, three of those defeats they've had at home, if they'd won three, they added an extra nine points, they'd be right in their uh, promotion hunt and everybody wouldn't be uh, too down in the mouth about it. So it's an open league, so you know. If you can go on a run, find a little bit of form, you can move up the division. But it looks a highly competitive league this year. Yeah, Margate obviously continuing their squad rebuilding. Their goalkeeper has moved on this week as well. And it is an interesting one, what you say about the home form there. Because especially a place like Margate, which is a little bit out on a limb, it, their travelling support is great, but most of their fans will only see them at home. And because they've only seen two home league wins this season, that is why there's perhaps more discontent than there possibly would be. Yeah, I, I, I felt sorry we had him in Newcastle. I think we had him on the radio show, didn't we? At one stage, coming in, highly rated guy from last season, sat on the bench there. Maybe he's been classed as a, a weak link, a young, inexperienced goalkeeper. You know, from speaking to what the sport has said, he's, he's had a decent season. They've brought Louis Wells in the form of Darford goalkeeper, maybe to try to a bit more experience in that. Yeah, but Margaret needs to sort their home form out. We do. I see they're winning 2 1 in a late goal as well. Uh, some people, you know, the fans, when they do that, they, they question the tactics of the manager. What are you doing? Maybe you should see the game out rather than see it off. And I see Lee Prescott's left as well today, Margate as well. Another experienced midfielder. Um, he's, a, he's a decent player and his level's gone. So they are um, changing the squad a little bit. I don't know if there is financial cutbacks there, but um, interesting to see they, they go on. And Margate, one of these sides, you don't play a lot over Christmas. So um, and you're looking at that. And you, you may look to regret that because if other teams are, you could be uh, points behind and a number of games to, to back, uh, to behind and you always want the points in the bag, I would have thought. 
Yeah, folks in Victor were beaten 1-0 at Harringay Borough on Saturday as well in that division. Uh, in Victor are at home to Bishop Stortford on Saturday. And Margate, oh, Margate are just up the road from me uh, as they play Lewis. That'll be a, a very tough game for them. But with their away form, there's no reason why they can't do something at Lewis, I, I suppose. But Lewis are, are a phenomenal side. Um, as, we, as, as we've already mentioned, they've got 33 points from 18 games. They play a game on Wednesday night as well. But uh, certainly that'll be a tough game for Margate But before they have a bit of a rest, don't they? Yeah, exactly. yeah, Lewis, yeah, Lewis, one of these newfound clubs that do a lot for community. Uh, been in the conference, of course, a few years ago. So coming back up, up after regrowing, develop a lot of players there. Yeah. So, so how far is Lewis from Eastbourne then? Oh, about fifteen minutes. All right. Yeah. The hordes of Margate faithful you'll probably see coming that way. So uh, I'm sure Lewis definitely, as we go as a Christmas market, that's probably quite a nice place to go. I expect. It's not as nice as Eastbourne, though. I, I would recommend no, for a Margate fan. There's, and, uh, there's, only one team in, there's only one town in Tuffy. Have they got a Christmas market, John? They have indeed, yeah, right up, right up the high street. It's, 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 it's quite nice. All right, thank you. Um, if you're the, staying in the area, I'd recommend a hotel. Yeah, so would I. Um, I know I know one. You can absolutely get in touch with me and I will, I will send you one. I'm actually in one of the rooms at the moment recording this as well, so, uh, you know. There's no guests in the view, is there? Obviously not, no. Um... <laughs> Into the National League then, and what an afternoon it was at Crabble on Saturday. They trailed 1-0 to AFC File, they were down to 10 men, and then this happened. Towards the back, with Paley heads the ball down, Effie up surely! Yes! Equaliser in Effie up! And that's what David deserves as well! The big man with his fourth consecutive game, he scored! Laid the ball back from Paley, in Effie up, 1-0! Paley, Effie up, he's through! Effie up, can he score? He can! What a goal by Effie up! Uh, goal clips there, courtesy of BBC Radio Kent. Um, my, my two questions are, Matt. First of all, is Jason OK? And second of all, are you OK? <laughs> oh, it, it was fantastic. Yeah, uh, We haven't had much to cheer about this season. Of course, when I missed a 4-3 win against Haven with Dover, a 3-1 down and 1-4-3. But this was... It'll go down as one of the best games, um, exciting finishes we've had for a long time. And I think that was because everybody got so excited and uh, people coming off, you know, the old boys who sit in front of me in the in the main stand when I did my commentary, they were up jumping and, you know, trying to get, you know, everybody was so excited. But it's what David really deserved. Down to 10 men. I'm talking about the referee. He was absolutely shocking. And he sent off Anthony Jeffrey with 20 to go. I should have sent off Josh Pasley if he was going to send anybody off because he got a mistaken identity. And I thought, it really wasn't a sending off, but um, it seemed to galvanise David. Alfie Pavey came on against Eastleigh, and I was pretty disappointed with him, to be honest, the previous week. But he came on here, won a lot in the air, and did a lovely one-two with Ineffe Young, the man, the legend, to, to, to bash the ball in the back of the net uh, it, it, with, with a minute to, well, with 30 seconds to play to get Dover three points. If I had lost that game, I'd, I'd have been upbeat, John, because I thought we played pretty well against the final time, who, who were, I think he'll be up there. They play some lovely football. Uh, but they were matched them with an endeavour. And they got the equaliser. you thinking, yes, we'll take that. But a winner in the last kick of the game was absolutely brilliant. And I got a little bit excited. But as you saw in, in football, when Jurgen Klopp ran on the pitch when Liverpool beat Everton, it's all about passion So uh, and excitement. And something you'll always remember in those sort of things. So, yeah, in the F.E.O. It was a great afternoon. And, and the good thing about it, afterwards when we went in the bar, everybody was buzzing, everybody high-fiving, and, and we needed that at Dover. And we're on, we're, on the, we're on the turn, John. We're on the turn. You've even said to me, you think we're staying up. 
I do, yeah. I do just want to say before we continue, the, the thing I love most about that commentary, and you don't get a big head about this, but the moment when you pause when if you're when Effiong is through, it that, that pause just gives it so much drama. Because obviously I the, I actually heard the commentary before I saw the goals. But that that moment when you just let where you just paused and, and didn't say anything, you could just hear the crowd was a top notch bit of commentary, mate. Put that one in your show reel. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do like to keep some of them. Some of them. I look back at some of them. I do. Yeah, but that'll go back. Yeah, but it was, it was good. And any Effion, but he got his critics. But he is a handful. If you pay to his strength, he can cause you absolute problems. He is a unit. And it, when he got the ball at his feet, he can go past people from that. And the tired file defenders. And I think that's a big part as well of Dover going full time. Dover with a fitter side, even down to ten men. File were on their knees a bit, but Dover dug in on a you know, a horrid day there and it's fan, you know, absolutely delighted. And as I say, if Chesterfield, who hadn't won since 1948, hadn't beaten Salford, which nobody saw coming, they would actually be outside the relegation zone. I said, we're fourth and bottom now, I haven't got a game this week in the cup, but yeah, the consensus was we turned the corner and we're staying up and, you know, could say in a month's time we could be all back to doom and gloom because like I was, but yeah, definite signs of optimism. And one player who's played his part in that is Bobby Joe Taylor. And here is Bobby Joe talking to Matt after that game. That's a fantastic three points for isn't it? Yeah, massive for us. Um, just shows how far we've come, really, in the last three or four weeks. Um, now we're three unbeaten at home. And the character to come back from 1-0 from down with 10 men was, was like unbelievable for the boys. And we're all, we're all buzzing. And I think um, we got all we deserved over in the end, to be honest. I, I think we looked the stronger side. Coming and looked like we was always going to score, and then yeah, they they, they sort of set, uh, sat back off us, and well, the last goal was yeah was unbelievable for us. So yeah, we, yeah, we're delighted. But um, now we look uh, look forward to the um, FA Trophy and go from there. Yeah, yeah football's an emotional game, and I think the emotional scenes at the end. Even Mitch Walker joined in the celebrations. What what's that like? It's great in the crowd. What's it like as a player? Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. When you hear the roar, it's just you know like it gives you a proper buzz, um, and I think. Since I've been here, that's probably the loudest I've heard, uh, heard the fans afterwards and during and when we scored, everything just went off. So um, nah, we're absolutely, absolutely, absolutely buzzing. It's, it's, a, it's a great feeling, and everybody else feels exactly the same. And we're happy that we can give the fans something to cheer about now. So yeah. Well, you mentioned down to ten men. What's your? For me, from the incident, I thought he sent off the wrong man if he was going to send it off. What's your view of the sending off? Um, in all honesty, I'm an honest person as well. Genuinely, I genuinely feel like that's never been a sending off. One, he's not the last man. Two, he's not going through and going three. He's actually poked the ball away. But um, I mean, at a different angle, we might see it. But that's from where I was standing. Uh, but the referee gave us nothing all game. Nothing. He wasn't consistent. He didn't. And I, you know, I don't. I, I do moan during the game, but not normally afterwards. But I, I have to say, I think the referee had a, had a poor game today. I had a bit of banter with him after and said, I like you after that because we won two one. But I did also say during the game, that's that's only what we deserved after you've given us nothing. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, you know, but they they go. Them decisions go against us, and, and like I say, credit to every single one of the boys that, that even the ones that come on in the squad um, stuck together, kept kept believing, and and we, and we got the win in the end. And you've been here uh, six weeks or so. What's the turnaround in the form been like? You know, the, they were playing some good football. Is it just hard work on the training ground? 
Yeah, well, the, well, the gaffer said it. Um, gaffer said it himself as well. You know, like since he's come in, um, some of the boys probably weren't fit enough because they haven't been training full time. Um, but every single one of them's bought into what he wants to, what him and the staff want to bring to to Dover. Um, and everyone's together with it. Um, we're training well, extra extra hard during during the week to make sure that we can try and turn this around. And I, I generally feel that we will. And yeah, so um, no credit to to everyone that's here at the club behind the scenes. Everything. Everyone's just putting in the work to make sure that the, the club stays where it belongs. Um, but yeah, like I say, every, everyone's everyone's buying into to what the gaffer wants us to, to do. Then that's playing football um, decisions when we when we can and when we can't. And um, let, like I say, there's a t- togetherness now. Like everyone's there together, and when we all believe in everyone's with each other every step of the way, and that's all you need. Is that what you think? You know, you know, you're still in the relegation zone, but you're in fourth and bottom. Which said that two weeks ago, you'd take your hands off, wouldn't you? Well, there you go. We, we, yeah, if you if you'd have given us that position a couple of weeks ago, we'd have snapped your hand off. But look, it's onwards and upwards. We can only keep looking up the table, focusing on ourselves um, and the next league game, um, and continue to just perform how we have been. Because it's not just been the results, but the performances have also been very good. So um, yeah, no, we we'll look forward now to the next couple of games. We've got a busy Christmas period, a tough one as well. Um, but we'll be looking to gain as many points as we can and and just keep looking up the table and then and then and then we can we can see how we are at the end of the season football's a great game you'd love to bottle that feeling when that last minute winner goes in when you go where you head down on the pillow tonight yeah i'll sleep well tonight it will give us um a, a weekend you know when you lose your, your weekends ain't great um well certainly for me anyway i always overthink things overnight um <clears throat> when we lose but when we win you, you know you can you can sleep well tonight Reflect on the game as well, and, and, and see the positives and some things you might want to want to look at if if for yourself individually. But um, yeah, like I say, I can enjoy my weekend now. I can go home, go and see my dad in a minute. Probably have a beer with him, and then I'll I'll be chilling out tonight. We didn't think it was a red card either. Then I don't think anybody. Well, you know, when you see you watch the game, when you think the referee straight away he gets all excited and he running around and etc. like that, so you think, oh. It's going to be a red card here, but we all all said it's going to be Pasley crossing over and thing. But then when he showed poor old Anthony Jeffrey, who'd been sent off pre, well, he had a six-match ban for being sent off against Harrogate, and he was absolutely distraught. He was in tears, etc., like that. But no, I don't think it was. It wasn't a sending off, and it's good that it's been um, rescinded. But the referee, he was pathetic. We've had it before, Carl Brook. Yeah, I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but uh, I think he needs to improve. And I think he needs to assess that he was in the stand said that. He had a bit of a shocker, and he did, so, uh, to be honest. But, uh, and if you look at his stats, he likes adding out red cards as well. This I'll keep an eye on him, but, uh, yeah, he was pretty poor. And um, you mentioned before that Bobby Joe clip that um, Ine F. Young has his critics. Um, one of them is you. Um, uh, no, no, I've no, asked I you this question. him to Ryan Bird by an absolute mile. Right? Ryan Bird, but you've got to play to his strengths. If you ping it up to his head, back to goal, no, he's not going to do anything. But if you give it to him to run onto, because he just goes past people with ease. And to be honest, I didn't think he had to finish him. When he had to think about that decision, I think I said to you before, you know, I got more confidence in him pinging one in from 30 yards rather than running through on goal to beat the goalkeeper. But he did it in some style on Saturday. But no, there is something in there. When I saw him play for Woken, I thought there's something in there. There's definitely a player in there. But you've got to play to his strengths. You want him to... to turning with the ball, going past defenders, not pinging to his head because he's never going to win header. And um, I've asked you this question twice and you're yet to actually answer it for me. So this is the time where you can actually do it. Who right. do, do we give praise to Chris Kinnear for picking up it if Ine F. Young in the summer? 
Or do we slam Chris Kinnear for signing a player and then not playing to his strengths? Yeah, I, I think that we didn't play to his strengths. OK, he missed a penalty first game of the season and maybe that knocked his confidence a little bit. Um, yeah, I didn't think we played to played to his strengths. You know, when David used to play, when they had Payne and Miller, they played to those strengths of getting it out, getting it wide to these sort of players and they can run at defenders. But I think they utilised him more as a Ryan Bird type figure. You know, my feelings on Ryan Bird not even jumping half the time uh, from that point of view. So, no... Chris Kinnear, I would never, never, well, never criticise him there, but I don't think he handled Effie on well. Maybe he's a man who, who needs an arm across his shoulder as well. I think Andy hasn't said that, you know, got to be in his ear all the time, you know, saying, oh, you are a good player, you are a good player. But giving him the tactic, giving him a space to run into, because he'll go past people, no problem at all, because he's so strong. And I think Kinnear wasted his time out. And 11, eight goals in 11 games for Andy Essentaler, that's not to be sniffed at. So, um, and he is a cult figure at Crabble. Everybody loves him. So, you know, one of those strikers that there's a buzz when he gets the ball, he's one of them. And um, Bobby Joe there as well, who we, who we spoke to, or who you spoke to very quickly, um, playing at left back there, but a, a player who's come in and sort of just given given Dover a bit of a boost and, and a bit of fresh impetus. Yeah, when Dover signed him, I thought, um, I've seen him around, you know, he's, he's gone around his clubs again. Um, I've seen him left-hand side. For mates, he's scored, scored goals. But he's creeping off the boil a little bit, but he's coming there again. Maybe it's one of these ones who needs an arm around his shoulder. Comes in, his set-piece deliveries have been good. And he's left-footed, he gives Dover a bit of balance, which they didn't really have. He can play anywhere down the left-hand side, which is which is important. He'll get forward, and I say his, delivery, his distribution is good. Um, so I, I think he's been a, another good signing. As, um, I think all of them so far, Andy Hesitale has brought in... Uh, have done a job and influenced the team, and that's all you can ask, really. Yeah, um, moving on then to where Bobby Joe Taylor has come from, and Bromley, uh, three big signings for them last week um, in the shape of Luke Coulson, JJ Hooper, and um, Zavon Hines was a, a really good uh, pick-up. They're backing him, aren't they, aren't they Matt? They're giving him every opportunity to, to get higher up the table. I know you said that you think they're being drawn into a relegation battle. I don't think that's the case just yet, but they do need to pick up some points or else they will be looking over their shoulders. Well, you know, you know, they're only three points clear of Dover in, um, and they've got a game in hand. Yeah, it's been a disappointing season. Uh, I know some of the Bromley fans are saying we didn't really need any more strikers. You look at the strikers they've got, or the, the type of attacking players got, they've got in the squad. Have they got too many? I'm looking at it maybe a little bit and maybe I need to strengthen the back line a little bit as well. So, um, and people like, you know, you've got people like Goodman not playing, etc. like that. So, yeah, they're back to Neil, Neil Smith deserves to be back with the job he's done at Bromley. But uh, he's got to be careful about getting sucked in a little bit into a, uh, into a bit of a relegation battle in there. But three decent signings. I don't think scoring goals could be a problem, particularly at home when they play, play that high-intensity game with the the pace you've got in the signs of Hines and Coulson, they should be a, a threat going in, but they need to stop the goals going in at the other end, I think. Yeah, and Coulson yeah. Is, is obviously a good signing, and uh, he was our guest on our radio show on Monday night on BBC Radio Kent, um, and a really nice lad as well. And uh, if you have any interest whatsoever in Ebbsfleet United, I'd recommend that you listen to, especially the last 10 minutes of Monday night's show, which is available on the BBC Sounds app. Um it was a very interesting conversation, that wasn't it? And, and you get the feeling fr- from that that Ebbsfleet are going through quite a transitional period. Yeah, it was interesting about the the money situation that I know uh, came out and 
we knew bits and pieces, but he sort of added meat to the bones about that, particularly ahead of the game when they played all the shot in the playoffs last season. And um, yeah, I think uh, Gary Hill's doing a good job, good work result at the weekend, beating Barnett. And they're only three, five points off the playoffs, absolutely, and et cetera like that. But I still think there'll be plenty of drama and maybe players going, particularly um, at the end of the season, it'll be interesting to see what Epsley do because, you know, you know, there may be Gary Hill's, as you mentioned, John, remit is probably to change things around, lower the wage bill considerably and uh, et cetera like that. And I know they have problems playing the VAT as well. So it's only going to run and run on this. But Luke Coulson's um, views of all this was very interesting to hear. Absolutely. And, and I mean, obviously, despite all the problems that they clearly have off the pitch, on the pitch, they seem to have found a, a little bit of form, don't they? And uh, another good result for them at the weekend. Yeah, excellent result against Barnett. Um, good to see uh, Graham coming in. Tasha and Graham came in. Hasn't really been in and out of the side. Whipped the ball in. Danny Kebwell, you know, you put it on a plate for him, six yards out, he's going to bury it. So, defensively, they're very, very solid as well. Uh, um, out of all the sides outside the playoffs, they've got the best defence in the, in the division. And score too many, but um, compared to other sides. But yeah, he's done a very good job there, Gary Hill. You know what you're going to get, uh, as Luke Hall said, uh, said 4-4-2, solid, might not be the most prettiest of football, but he's effective and Gary Hill knows his level. So I think, you know, the playoffs, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Um, but if if they start doing well, does the investor think, oh, maybe I'll put some more money in to get the dream of football league football? It'll be interesting to see, but uh, there's plenty more twists and turns coming there, I think. Yeah, exactly. And and finally in the National League, Maidstone United um, beaten 1-0 at Barrow on Saturday. I brought in Jake Robinson from Billericay and, and Charlie Wasmer came in as well. Um, still seem to be not signing a right-back, which is something we've discussed almost every week. But Jake Robinson has, has scored a lot of goals for Billericay. Can he step up to this level, do you think? 32, isn't he? They paid a fee for him. Yeah, his, his record at Billericay in the Ryman Premier and Conference South is pretty good. Um it is a big step up from the Conference South and Ryan Premier to this level of football. Um, 32-year-old Robinson, he's played league football. Yeah, Maidstone need a goal scorer from somewhere. Cassidy, and, you know, he's a willing runner. I think he's played 15 games for Maidstone. yet to score on loan from Hartlepool. So, it'll be interesting to see now Hartlepool got a new manager. Would they recall him back? Uh, Dicky Dosh, Richard Money's got in there. So, yeah, they need to sort out defensively. Ross Warner came in in goal from... After Grant Smith gone back into Lincoln's first team, yeah, I'd be again. I'm always concerned about scoring goals for Maidstone. 19, the lowest scorers in the division, aren't they? In 23 games, it's a it's a tough task coming. I think for Harry Wheeler, some of the signings are they conference conference national level to jump straight in. I'm a little bit concerned, and I'm surprised Alex Finney and Wilder Haviland, who I think are good players, they have good defensive players. Finney wasn't even in the squad and Davenham was on the bench and you're bringing in Rob Swain and uh, Charlie Wasimar who have you know have their positives and also negatives as defenders. So, interesting to see what they do, uh, Maystone, from that. Uh, will they bring any more players in before the weekend? But I think a right-back is top priority. You know, so maybe you can free up the likes of Michael Phillips to try and boss the midfield a bit more. Yeah, and, and it is interesting, like you say, some of these players, you know, are, are they going to do it? And, and I think, for me, those, we'll talk about them in, in more depth next week, I'm sure, but those two games against Dover Athletic on Boxing Day and New Year's Day are absolutely crucial for Maidstone United this season and, and for the future, because if that club gets relegated, where, where do they turn? 
Yes, I mean, we know we've had Oliver Ash on the uh, on the show and people like that. Bill Williams, he's taken Maidstone to get into this level. The concern, I suppose, is in the last three seasons, is this the third season or fourth, third season in this division, the last two seasons they've just been battling against relegation. Uh, and you see it with certain sides. Eventually, you know, you can't hold out anymore from those points of view. If they beat Dover twice, you know, the confidence up, you'd probably like to be outside the, the drop zone. And you've basically made 12 points on your rivals, which is absolutely crucial. But if you lose those games, and it can be the same for Dover, you know, where do you turn for, from that point of view? Because your confidence will be low. But yeah, those games, you know, take a lot. Uh, you know, last season, they're probably both, Dover were probably in the playoffs and Maidstone were top 10 on that. But these games here, now when they're both in the relegation zone, are absolutely huge. And we'll, we'll review them next week. Yeah, FA Trophy this weekend for all of our uh, National League sides. Dover at home to Havant, Woking against Maidstone, Ebbsfleet at home to Dagenham Redbridge and Bromley at home to Sutton. Um, they're all tough ties, those, but if you win that, then you're into the last 32 and other conference teams, other National League teams will have been knocked out. So could be a potential opportunity. There's a lot of conference, all National ties in there, some tough ones as well. Havant, uh, another side against Dover. Um, Dover beaten 4-3 earlier in the season. They score goals. Um, Alfie Pavey gets his former club. I expect Pavey will probably start against them. Yeah, it's one of these, we said before, oh, if you get knocked out of the trophy, oh, Maidstone and a Dover point of view, um, no, we're just going to have to concentrate on the league. There's nothing to worry about. If you win it, you'll be pleased with a bit of confidence and you move on from there. Tough one for Maidstone at Woking as well. Woking already in the third round of the FA Cup, doing well in the National League South. Their, 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 their tails are going to be up. And it'll be interesting to see what how Maystone cope there against the side for that. And of course, we know all about Bromley because, you know, 19 seconds away from winning the, the Bluebin thing uh, last year and you know, definitely won't want to go out in the first round. But that's even tougher against Sutton in the, the 3G derby. I think they've all got tough games, to be honest. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they get on there. And I think uh, we had enjoyed our time out at Wembley last year, John, and it'll be nice to do it again. It certainly would. In the National League South, Welling were beaten 3-1 at Torquay and Dartford uh, were held 1-1 at home by Slough. Um, still so tight in that league. I, I do love this division, but uh, only one game on Saturday in the league, which is Welling on Saturday, who are away to Hampton, Richmond, Borough, and they'll be hoping to get a result there because disappointing to lose at Torquay, but Torquay... Uh, big Dover. When he was at Dover, I haven't thought he played for a while. He must have come back from injury. He came into the side. But yeah, in the goals of that... Torquay scored a couple of absolute crackers in that as well. So, confidence from that point of view. But, Welling again, overachieving. Dartford, um, every time I look at Dartford, you think, oh, last year was their best chance to get up this season. I can't see them getting in the, in, in the playoffs to be honest. And again, so many players coming in and out. I, I don't know if any Dartford uh, supporter know, is listening in. Do you know how many players Dartford have used this season? I'm thinking it must be late 30s, early 40s now because every week they seem to bring in a lot of players in, a lot of loanies, and that's never really a good sign, I don't think, for a side to get a bit of stability from that point of view. But, yeah, uh, I think it's a season for regrowing and maybe the Dartford are bringing players in, they're testing players out for maybe to, to go again next season. I think um, I can't see them getting in the playoffs at all at the moment. No, into the Southern Counties East League. Um, nine games on Saturday. Uh 42 goals and only one team didn't score. Um, always an entertaining division. Fisher are still top of the table um, by a point from Beckenham uh, with Corinthian in third place. Um, big wins and Deal in fourth as well had a big win on Saturday. They won 3-2 at Cray Valley. Um, Beckenham won 3-2 at Crowborough. It was Irith 1, Punjab 1 in the uh, food bank game. Fisher beat Chatham 2-1. 
Hollands and Blair 3, Beerstead 3, K-Sports 2, Rustall 0, Lordswood 4, AFC Croydon 2, Sheppey United 2, Corinthian 4, and Tunbridge Wells continued their fine form with a 5-2 win over Croydon. Um, it's it, goals everywhere in that division. It's just absolute madness, isn't it? That's a cracking division um, uh, from that point of view. I have to say, what a good result it was for, um, for Deal Town at Cray. Um, they lost previously week at Tunbridge. So Tunbridge seems to have turned the corner. I know it's against Croydon, who are struggling a little bit. But um, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's some... Uh, some goals galore and again can't call this division John can you look at Chatham got three games in that and then go top of the table uh, from that point Cray Valley as well you know if Cray had beaten Deal that would have given them a good chance but it's a real really exciting division this year um, Beckenham and Fisher we thought Beckenham did Beckenham win the first eight or so did they? Yeah. I can't remember now they, they yeah, did they they've yeah. got a bit of a uh, tricky run and um, you know, yes some of these sides got a lot, a lot of games to catch up on but uh, an intriguing division this season, this year. And I, I, I couldn't call it after we probably gave it to Beckham after they were f- plenty clear earlier in uh, September, October time. Yeah, exactly. I think Corinthian are a team to watch. I really do. And Deal as well. I think Deal, Deal have got something about them. And big game for Deal on Saturday, who um, are away to Beckham. So that should be a, a good top of the table clash. Uh, also on Saturday, Beerson against Croydon, Canterbury against Glebe, Chatham against Hollands and Blair, Corinthian against Irith Town, Fisher against Crowborough. K-Sports against AFC Croydon, Punjab against Sheppey, Russell against Lordswood and Tunbridge Wells against Cray Valley. Um, into the Southern Kansas League Division 1 very quickly as we like to run through the results there. Wellingtown back on form uh, as they won 4-1 against Sutton Athletic. Um, there were also wins for Holmesdale 4-2 over Lyd. Kent Football United beat Rochester United 7-0 um, and Rochester United party company with their manager Barry Morgan after that defeat. Uh, Lewisham Borough 5, FC Elmstead 0, Meridian 0, Forest Park 1, Phoenix Sports Reserves 1, Sporting Club Thamesmead 0, Stansfeld 4, Snodland 2. And there was a 0-0 draw as well, Irith and Belvedere against Kennington. Um, and the fixtures in that division on Saturday, FC Elmstead against Brydon Ropes, at Forest Hill Park against Greenways, Holmesdale against Kent Football United, Kennington against Wellington. Snodland Town against Meridian, and Stansfeld against Rochester United. FA Trophy for you Saturday, Mr G? Yeah, I'm there. I'm going to see Father Christmas as well. And after you know, that last week, that you know, the, the crazy situation where I clearly got it wrong that Father Christmas um, didn't exist, I'm actually going to see him at uh, at Leeds Castle this week on Sunday. So um, I will apologise to him when uh, I take him up there with the kids. So um, I am, and I'm also basically I am off to a, a Christmas market this weekend at Leeds Castle, and I'm at Dover against Haven, which I think will be a bit more relaxed than uh, the previous game against Fylde. Excellent stuff. Well, yeah, thanks very much, everyone, for listening to this week's podcast. As always, you can uh, keep in touch with us on social media at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter, at Kent Non League on Facebook. Um, thanks to all three of our guests for joining us this week, as well, especially Nick Davis, who was at Winter Wonderland, which is quite, quite something to give up a bit of time with your family to chat to me on the phone. Um, and yeah, all that remains today is thanks very much, and we'll speak to you all next week. I think I'll have some mulled wine at my uh, Christmas market. <laughs>